Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 120, and it is How to Make Love Like a Porn Star or Not with special guest Eric Everhard. Okay, so we've talked about porn a bit on the show. We've had a couple of different episodes with sort of different variations on that theme. But one thing that we've never done is had an actual porn star on the show. So I think this is going to be really exciting for a couple of reasons. One, first of all, I mean, it's just a fascinating conversation to have with somebody that had the types of experiences that Eric has had. So that's fascinating in and of itself. But the other thing that comes out of it, and this is going to be the the sort of bulk of what we talk about, I think, on the show today, is how his experience relates to real life. So everybody looks at porn stars and they're like, oh, yeah, man. I, like, I know every, like, 20-something male thinks it would be his ultimate dream to be able to be a porn star. So we're going to see just how much that dream matches up to real-life experience. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm very excited about diving into this subject. And um, before we introduce our guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. So today we have Eric Everhard. Yes, I'm not going to make jokes about his name. Not and yet. it is a stage name. <laughs> anyway, he is one of the top paid and most recognized performers in adult film of the last two decades. He has won numerous male performer awards and been enshrined in the Hall of Fame of the AVN and XRCO organizations. In 2010, he embarked on a transformational journey studying NLP at one of the top institutions in America. Since then, he has dedicated his time and effort to helping men by teaching them elite level sexual skills to have confidence with women in the bedroom. Yeah, wonderful. Welcome, Eric. We are excited to have you on the Love Lab podcast. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) All right, we are just going to dive right in. So, Okay, one of the things that I really love about this, and we'll we'll get to Eric's book when we get to the very end, but we had an opportunity to look through it. And one of the things that we really liked about it is it is so similar. The types of things you teach are so similar to the types of stuff that we teach, but you arrived at those things from a very different perspective in life than we arrived at them. But I think it's amazing that we're doing kind of the, the similar things. And so what I want to start with is just sort of establishing your credentials in this area here. In the fucking arena. <laughs> establishing my credentials. <laughs> All right. So the first question is, how many women have you actually had sex with? Mm, 5,000 plus or minus 500. Ballpark. Okay. So, yeah, I remember 
So this, this is going to be fun. I did some math here, right? I don't know how old you are, but uh, I'm 46 years old, okay? And we've told the audience that many times, so I don't mind saying it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little math based on 4,000 women because I thought your number was somewhere more around 4,000, right? Mm. So, so at 46 years old, let's say I've been sexually active for about 30 years, right? 4,000 women, that's 133.33 women a year. All right. So, which then becomes one woman every three days. Different woman. That's some pretty impressive numbers. So, what I'm trying to figure out is you're probably, I don't think you're much older than I am if you are. Um, How in the world do you have sex with 5,000 plus women in your lifetime? Well, you do a lot of movies with a lot of women. Like, um, the the most amount of women that I ever slept with... uh, in in one movie was 101. In one movie? <laughs> one movie. Hey, you can look it up. Wow. Well, yeah. now I probably will That was to. a long day. <laughs> that was a long day at the office. Let's uh-huh. put it that way. Needed some ice packs after that one, huh? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, literally, I literally had like a layer of skin that was like missing from my dick after that. <laughs> wow. And you were hard for each one of them? Oh, yeah. Impressive. With a different condom for every girl, too. Wow. I actually had my own condom PA. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know you've made it in the porn business. You've got your own personal assistant that is in charge of nothing but your condoms. (laughs) But it's true. It's a true story. I mean, he was just there every time because, you know, this was, um, I did the movie back in, I want to say 2000. And that was a couple of years removed from when they had had uh, an AIDS scare in the business. And there were certain companies that decided they were only going to shoot with condoms. And this was one of those companies. It was a very, very big company. Um, it, uh, it was a vivid video at the time they shot it. And so they required, it was like, okay, well, we're doing this gigantic reverse gangbang. It's you and 101 girls. And there has to be a new condom for every girl. So, you know, the second that condom is starting to feel good, you're like, oh, yeah, this ain't so bad. It's like, off next. Okay. <laughs> and then you're like, condom PA, give me the condom, you know? And they were, he was pre torn. It was, it was like fast, you know? So I didn't have to fuck with nothing. <laughs> you, had, you had enough other fucking to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yes. yes. Okay, so I think that we have established your credentials. If somebody, okay. Even if you were absolutely terrible in bed, if you've had sex with 5,000 women, by the time you get that far along, you had to have learned something. Mm-hmm. You had to have picked up some you skills. You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, the sad thing is, you know, there's probably somebody out there that could go through that experiment and learn nothing. But, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're going through life with conscious awareness and your eyes are open, you should be learning things. You should be picking things up as you go along. Absolutely. So I want to take it back to the beginning and I want to know, because I know there is a story, how did you come up with your name, Eric Everhard? Well, the name actually was uh, given to me by a friend of mine. So at the time, I was uh, working and living in Vancouver um, and I worked at a local gym and this was a super, um, every 
version avatar of Meathead belong there. So it was, <laughs> we had bodybuilders, we had powerlifters, we had cops, we had bikers, we had drug dealers, um, and a very small smattering of girls. <laughs> you know, and they worked out, you know, because this was not a place where, you know, just grandma and, you know, someone that wanted to do some aerobics went to. No, this was a, this was a hardcore gym. And, uh, and I used to work there. I worked, I worked the counter, I sold memberships. And, uh, so when it all came out that I had, uh, you know, done my first porno scene, et cetera, et cetera, we were all sitting around at the juice bar and they're like, well, you got to have a name, right? I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> I haven't, haven't thought that far ahead. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and my buddy, Jeff, who was the resident drug dealer of the gym, <laughs> he just out of nowhere, he was like, just came out of his mouth. He goes, Eric Everhard. He goes, because I've seen your movies and your dick was always hard. It was pointed to the ceiling. And he's like, and you need alliteration, you know, because it's got to be like Jenna Jameson, Vince Voyer. He goes, Eric Everhart. And then he goes, oh, and you got blonde hair, so you look Nordic, so you got to spell it with a K. And, and literally, no shit, literally. And all of us, it's like silence, right? And we're just like, Jeff, that's fucking genius. <laughs> that was it. There was like, we're like, there's no question. Never look back. Well, that, I agree. No. That was genius. <laughs> yeah. okay, that and question. what's funny is, you know, throughout my whole career, uh, it I was lucky because, well, first of all, everybody would mostly refer to me by my last name. So if people were talking about me uh, in circles, it was always ever hard, right? But I was the only one. So, you know, I mean, there was a million and one steals, a million and one, you know, XYZ names. But mine, no, there was only one and they knew who you were talking about and that was it. So <laughs> from that perspective, just from pure marketing, I mean, Jeff was a genius. <laughs> and apparently you lived up to your name. <laughs> I did. I did. It was, it was even, it was even uh, changed into a few uh, different uh, versions. I remember this was a uh, business trip we were on in Dominican Republic. We were shooting a porno in Dominican Republic. And um, we, it was very um, boots on the ground kind of shooting. Because the director, he would fly in. There was no infrastructure. So he had no girls. He had no agencies. He had nothing. He just went there because he liked to surf. And he's like, <laughs> I'll put together a movie. <laughs> so after about three weeks, he manages to get everybody together, calls us, flies us in, and we start working. So we have to go get tested there, right? Because we're getting all the girls tested and we're getting, you know, so we have to get tested too so that they can see my test is in their language and at their clinic. And we have this nurse. And so she asks like, you know, what's his name, right? And um, uh, our friend, uh, I believe his name was Gustavo. Um, you know, of course, he's got a super Spanish accent. So he's like, Eberhard. She's like, okay, <laughs> Eberhard. Okay. <laughs> right? And then he just throws it out there. He goes, Enrique siempre duro. <laughs> ah, sí. <laughs> and, and then after that, like for years, I mean, to this day, sometimes people would be like, hey, siempre duro. 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay, that that question really was just for entertainment purposes, not totally relevant to the topic we're discussing, but hysterical nonetheless. <laughs> we got, we're going to laugh. So we we went through your book and the story of like how you got into porn was kind of fun. And like Kevin mentioned earlier, it is a lot of guys like fantasy. Oh, if only I could be a porn star or better, if only I could sleep with a porn star because, you know, they think it's going to make a difference, not understanding that they are the one making the difference, but we will come back to that later. And mm-hmm. tell us about how you got into porn first. Well, um, where would you like me to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it a, a day on April? I, I wrote it down. It was. Somewhere. <laughs> it was. It was April seventeenth. Um, so, well, I'll try and give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, basically, I was a, I was a student at, at a massage therapy college, mm-hmm. and I was going to school there at the time. Uh, and on lunch break, I came across this uh, ad in the newspaper, and they were looking for. Uh, couples and uh, girls to do porno movie. And I used to have this ex-girlfriend who, you know, we would watch porno movies sometimes together and she would joke. She'd be like, oh, yeah, you could do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, sweetheart, right? Because anybody that you're dating is going to say, you are wonderful, even if it's not the case, right? Um, So I I didn't really think too much about it. But, um, But then when I saw the ad... I was like, wait a second. I'm like, she said I'd always be good at that. <laughs> and that's what, uh, you know, what the thought in my mind. So I called them up. And of course, they basically hung up on me, which I understand now after, you know, having done this job for over 22 years. Uh, most guys cannot do it. Mm. Like, just matter of factly. Like most guys don't have the entire combination of things that's required, which is you have to be, number one, you have to be extremely strong mentally. Mm. You have to have the ability to um, overcome your anxiety, block out everything in your head, um, really almost have a meditative state in your mind. Then you have to be blessed with the equipment as well, right? And then you need to put that all together with total body mastery, so it's, you know, it's a lot of things. And just most guys just don't have those qualities together. And no production company is going to wait for you to magically get your shit together. Because they have, <laughs> they, have, they have money riding on it. Like I mean, when you go to, especially any of these um, big professional gigs, uh, they have a lot of money riding on the day. So a lot of times you'll have um, people online that will, you know, they'll troll, they'll complain, they'll say, whoa, why is it the same guys over and over? I'm like, dude, step up. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Let's see you do it, right? Because yeah. I've watched hundreds of guys at this point absolutely fail. So that brings it to the next question or like, okay, so you like, okay, so I remember in your book, you said you called them, they said no, and then finally you mm-hmm. got in and you were the only guy who passed the audition. So that's kind of like proving the point, yeah. right? That ultimately you came up for a photo shoot and then it turned out that you were just put on on film and be like, hey, please oh. fuck this girl, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that was, is, is I, I, I kept, uh, I kept badgering them. One day they said, okay, come by and we'll take some Polaroids of you and see if you have the equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I go down to this seedy area in Vancouver and I, I knock on this metal door and the guy opens it and he's like, you know, he, he looks at me and goes, are you, are you Mitch? I'm like, yeah. 
And he looks me just straight in the eyes and he just says, just deadpan. Oh, can you fuck this girl for us right now? (laughs) (laughs) And I I mean, I was so shocked, right? Like my mouth must have just been hanging open and I just let out like the meekest little like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) And... Yeah, and it was it was this uh, this girl that they had shot before, and she just happened to be hanging out at their studio. So she was hanging out there. I was there, and they said, "Well, screw it. Let's see if the kid can actually do it." And uh, and I did. There was no problem. And then I remember, uh, you know, so I got the heart on, no problem, doing the scene. And then I remember they came in at some point, and this was kind of funny because they said, you know, anytime in the next 10 minutes, if you could produce a cum shot, (laughs) that would be fabulous, right? I'm thinking like, you know, I mean, the the standards that we have, you know, in professional porno, it's like, they look at you, they're like, hey man, like you got a minute, like get get it together, right? Oh yeah, you you should be able to produce one in about a minute, generally speaking. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Like I wasn't even thinking anything about it because there was no point that I thought this is going to be a career. I thought I'm just collecting a really cool story. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so it was easy. Boom, come shot. I was like, okay, that's great. And then they gave me some money. I thought, oh, Jesus, (laughs) I got paid for this too. I'm like, this story got better, right? And that was it. And then I, I just went home and I was like, man, that's going to be a great story to tell the grandkids. Like, hey, grandpa did a porn at once. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then it was about, about three days later, I get this phone call. And, you know, I don't know who it is, so I answer it. And it's the guys from the studio. And they're like, hey, can you come by and do that again? I was like, okay. And that was what started me down that path. And then eventually, um, you know, the editor, he confided in me. He goes, look, he goes, the the owner will never tell you this, but you're really good at this. You (laughs) should think about going down to L.A. You could probably make some serious money. And I was, you know, I was just so naive. I was like, what? There's money in this? (laughs) (laughs) No clue. clue. I was 21, right? Okay. So now I really want to see, like, what happened? Because so many men have expectations, like, okay, if you get into porn, like being a porn star is going to be so great. Did uh, being a porn star, like, live up to the expectations in your head? Well, I would say generally, yes. Um, I mean, I, well, I didn't have any expectations mm. in my head, mm. right? Like, I had no idea how the business worked. I mean, I had seen some pornos, but there was no... Um, you know, at that time, maybe now it's different because now you have, um, so much access because of social media, you have, you know, different groups that'll put together, uh, documentaries on Netflix, right? And so you have all these different groups that are trying to portray what the business is, Mm -hmm. of which most of them do a piss poor job, but still, I mean, they're all trying to give their angle, right? Like this, this side will say, well, porno is bad. So we're going to, you know, find the worst of the worst people and put them on camera and say, this is what it's about. Right. And then these other people will say, Oh, porno is the greatest thing ever. And we're going to find the, the, the absolute best people that have been most successful and put them on camera. And, you know, the truth's always somewhere in the middle. So, um, but back then, I mean, there was, there was no, there was no access to anybody. Like you had no knowledge of anything. I mean, when I, when I, for example, had to get in touch um, to start my career, 
I put together a VHS reel of scenes that I had done, and I mailed it out to all the companies. I found their addresses in the back of the AVN magazine, and I sent out these packages with VHS tapes. I mean, there was no internet. There was no email. There was no, you know, it's like, I mean, this was a process, right? Like, so... Like I said, I mean, there was just, I mean, I had no idea because how would you know, mm. right? It was so underground. And and even back then, most of the companies were mom and pop companies, which is not the case today. Now you have these huge um, monolith, you know, companies that are gigantic. But back then, they were mostly mom and pop operations. So, you know, I think that, at least from the guy's perspective, I don't know about the women's perspective, but I think from the guy's perspective, when they think about being a porn star, they think, I'm going to get to have sex with all these hot women, and it's going to be awesome. The sex is going to be amazing. Like, oh my God, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And I think our question about expectations was starting to sort of scratch at that. And that leads us into our next question too, which is that, yeah, I mean, anybody that is actually really good at sex, can look at porn sex and understand that, one, that's not real, and two, some of that stuff just doesn't actually really work in a sense. Like, maybe it's not necessarily stimulating her the right way, but it looks good on camera, right? So I think, I think well, I don't know, maybe not, but I would say that most people would look at that and understand that. But that's different than from the fantasy that people have in their minds about what it's going to be like. And so the question is, how is porn sex from your experience different from real sex? Because now you're teaching people how to have real sex, right? And some of that yeah. probably comes from that experience. Well, but and, and but here's here's the thing where where you kind of have to unpack that because it is all real sex. And this is where I think there becomes this disconnect for people, right? Because they'll watch what I do and they and they think it's real because it actually is, but they should be able to discern like, you know, if they watch a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and he mows down 90 people with a gun with one hand and it doesn't have a scratch on him, like they can objectively look at that and go, Hmm, it's probably not real. (laughs) (laughs) The problem that you have with porno is the fact that they're looking at what I'm doing and there's no CGI. What I am doing is legitimately happening. So, you know, it's in some ways it's like watching, uh, watching sports on TV. You know, you're, you're watching something for this larger than life, um, unrealistic expectation, but is legitimately happening. You know, I mean, those, those, um, you know, football players are really catching the football. They're really uh, running through people and they're really breaking bones, you know. But, you know, it's like, well, they break something. Ah, let's just cart them off and we're going to pretend it didn't happen. Right. It's, so I don't know if that's a good analogy, but, you know, porno is the same way in the sense of, you know, we're doing things that that are difficult and you wouldn't necessarily say that all of it uh, feels great, is amazing, et cetera, because it's visual. And we're putting on a visual performance at the end of the day, because that is what, you know, that is what the buying clientele wants. They're coming there for this visual stimuli. And so sometimes I think they're, they're missing the point that 
just because it's visually stimulating does not mean that it feels good. And and that's where you get that mm, divergence. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the point that I was getting at, which is that when you watch it and you see some of the things that they're doing, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's necessarily a great technique for her or for him or that it necessarily feels that good. It might just be that it happened to be a really good camera angle <laughs> and it looked really good. Now, that's great for visual stimulation, but if, and I know a lot of guys do this, if they're watching porn trying to pick up tips on how to be good in bed, it's entirely possible that they're going to learn some stuff that isn't really right. Oh, yeah, but, but, that, but that's what I mean. I mean, that's, that's also the thing where it's like, well, you, know, you shouldn't watch you know, Schwarzenegger to learn how to fire a gun. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's firing like a, an, an M60 with one hand, okay? It's like... I would like to think... That people are smart enough, like obviously, you know, when you when you see Schwarzenegger in that, well, I, I, you know what? All right, let me just say this: as somebody who who does shoot guns quite a bit, I don't offend anybody in this audience, but I'm I'm quite good with weapons. <laughs> I look at Schwarzenegger and I go, "This is preposterous! Like, there's no shred of reality." But but I have conversations with people all the time who are not gun people who have no idea that that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah, so, would... so it's very possible it's the same thing. I mean, I can, you know, where I'm at, I, I objectively look at everything and I'm like, God, how, can, how does anybody think that this feels good, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fucking athlete right now. And, uh, <laughs> but they, it, like, as you said, they might, uh, they might be looking and be like, wow, that's really cool. I want to do that. Yeah, and that's kind so, of the point, is, is that I'm not sure that everybody is capable of understanding that, which is why we just wanted to make that point. I would like to think they are, but then again, my experience in other realms of life shows that may not mm-hmm. be the case. <laughs> so I want to bring in some women's perspective, but before that, I want to do a quick break to invite any couples listening today. If you are a committed couple who is stuck in a rut and just going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to, and you're tired of stale mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun, and you don't want to live a life of average, then Kevin and I would like to invite you to join our highly sexed Power Couple Platinum program. Give us 90 days and we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. So go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion and know the tips we are going to give you are not porn star tips, but um, yes, anyway. <laughs> so I, I'm not a fan of, of porno movies. To be truly honest, I was having this discussion with Kevin. I was like, if I've watched five of them in my entire life, that's probably a lot. And it's mostly because I was having to do some research on things to figure out what people liked and want. So I'm in no way an expert. I've seen more than that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you have. (laughs) And we know Eric has been in more than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've done at least two. Um, (laughs) but, 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 you know, that's also, that illustrates the point too. I mean, when you're... When you're creating them, you're creating it solely for a male audience. Mm-hmm. Like we all know that going in. Like the, nobody has any uh, illusions of who the buying clientele is. So. 
Yeah. And that, so what's fascinating is I think as a woman, for me, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, come on, this is so unrealistic that it can't, can't even turn me on because I'm like, I know how I would feel. I'm putting myself in the shoes of what's going on. And I'm like, it's really not my highest fantasy to have like come all over my face in that moment. You know, it might happen once or twice in life, but it's not my everyday uh, preference, you know. And, Wait a minute. You, you, you know one of my stories, right? From one of my ex-lovers. She used to request that. <laughs> so some women like it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But I'm really curious here is, mm-hmm. okay, what do you think is like the worst thing that guys can pick up from porn? Because they're watching it, like what's the, what's the mistake that guys are doing when they're watching porn thinking they're going to learn some good thing? Like w- what is it that they're not understanding or the, the mistake that's in there for them to avoid? Um, well, I think like if, if, if I'm going to step back and look at it from a porn perspective, um, number one is going to be angles, right? Mm -hmm. Because the, the, the angles that anatomically feel good don't show anything to the camera. Mm. Like people don't understand that, right? Like, like I am, I am, I'm completely, um, torquing my hips open the entire time. I'm never having sex on a straight angle, ever. I'm always on a 45-degree angle because that is required for the camera. Um, Puss-eating on porno is is the worst because, I mean, I get it, right? Like, they want us to try and cheat our head way open and outstretch our... T- like, it's like nobody eat pussy like that ever. Like, <laughs> ever. Like... I mean, my jaw is killing me just trying to be like, uh, like it's horrible. <laughs> so, but again, it's for a visual context, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when I had my own production company, uh, <laughs> my camera, uh, my camera crew would always be pissed off because I'm just eating pussy. I'm like, fuck it. No, I'm getting her off. So they don't see anything. And they're just like, come on. I'm like, no, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I'd rather get the, get the emotion out of her face. And, and actually get something real and then let's continue on, right? Because m- one of the main things that I always strive to achieve was to make her forget for that 45 minutes that anyone was in the room. So that's, you know, because I, I, I used to always say, because I had p- people ask me like, well, okay, if you were to become one of the best porn actors in the world, what does it take? And it takes five things. Right. So number one, you have to be able to get a hard on in any situation at any time very fast in front of a whole bunch of strangers. Right. Number two, you should be able to produce a cum shot within a minute of being asked at any time. Number three, you should be you don't need to be hung like a horse, but you should be above average. Number four, you should be decently good looking. That doesn't mean you need to be Brad Pitt. But if you, you know, if you, if you look like a troll, uh, you're never going to be a superstar, right? And then number five was the most important. You need to be able to extract something out of the woman that would not have taken place if you specifically were not in the scene with her. This is so powerful because now we're starting to get into the dynamics of polarity. We're starting to get into the dynamics that... Well, and and it's something you talk about in your book too, and that's things we've talked on the show a lot where, yes, the woman is the one who's responsible to saying yes to the act happening, but then the man is the one leading the show. And working, you know, having worked 
with thousands of clients by now is one of the things that I do see is a lot of men don't understand that concept. And that's actually the most important thing I can teach a man is you have to fucking take the lead. Like even if she's strong, even if she says she doesn't need it, she will want it. And if you do, you will take her to new levels of pleasure than she's haven't she haven't even been to and she doesn't know is even possible. And when you do that, that's how you digmatize her. That's how you get her to be like in love with you. It's not because you knew the triple digit tongue move or whatever fucking move things you know, you know, and it's really just about how you show up. And and I would like for you to speak more about that mental aspect that it takes. And do you have any tips for the regular Joe, whoever is listening to our show today, to go from that place of like average, right? Or like, yeah, to that elite sexual skills that you're talking about that you can achieve? What would be the first step? Well, so this goes into exactly what you're talking about. And I've come across this with a lot of clients myself. And, you know, there, there's, there's an extreme amount of fear that they're dealing with. And I think a big part is Hollywood. I think a big part is television. It's the MTV generation, right? It's, you know, they all have this idea, like, because the, you know, you, you just look at society today and it's like, oh, toxic masculinity, masculinity is bad, blah, 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 right? Over and over, you know, men bad. Mm-hmm. That's basically, you know, what it comes down to, men bad. And so these guys are thinking in their mind, well, okay, she says that she doesn't want X, Y, Z, right? And what they don't realize is there's always been this disconnect. And, you know, it was... I really, really noticed it um, because we would talk about it when I was doing my NLP studies and they had a great way of framing it. And it was behavior is the highest form of information, which is so true, you know, and that's where, that's where you end up with this, um, you know, kind of paradox that happens. Right. Um, And I, I talk about it a lot where it's like, well, you know, you, you have this idea of consent, but con- real consent, especially in a sexual space, is implicit. It's hardly ever explicit because the more explicit you make it, the less horny everybody suddenly becomes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, I, 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 I knew of this one guy that um, he, he wanted to do a whole consent pledge and, and you know, go on a date with someone and before even going on the date, they need to sign this whole, you know, three page fucking form that says, well, you know, if, if in case we decide to have sex at one point, blah, 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 that you say, yes. I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, your pussy's going to dry up like a raisin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tell me I'm wrong. wrong. You're correct. You're correct. You know, so, so what guys need to understand just in the first place is that you really have to be paying attention to the woman. And you need to be paying attention to behavior, you know, you know, and, and, you know, in today's, um, you know, political climate, it's, it's a little dicey, but it's, it's just, it's reality, right? You know, and everybody's like, well, no means no, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, (laughs) yes and no, because someone can say, oh, no, 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 you know, but they just sit there and they're waiting for you to try again. 
Um, oh, Celine plays this game with me all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, so, but in our case, the thing is, is that we've talked about this ahead of time. And so she's already told me that if, if she doesn't give me a really strong, no, absolutely not, that I'm going to bed. If I don't get that kind of a reaction, if I get a, no, I'm not really, or no, nah, you know, then I already know that, that there's a possibility there and that I should pursue that. But that's because we've discussed that ahead of time. And this is, I think, one of the things, and this is actually a whole nother show and interview like topic, but this is one of the yeah. things that is so confusing for men, which is that we are being told in our society that yes means yes, no means no, maybe means no. That's what yeah. most people are being taught. And, and these guys are all afraid of being accused of you know, overstepping boundaries. And yet on the other end, the woman's not always that clear with her yes and her no, now is she? Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and the woman wants, you, wants to see if you'll overstep a boundary that's a false boundary, Yeah, right? Because if you're not willing to do it, then are you worthy? So there becomes a lot of different psychological pieces that sort of end up wrapped all together with that, right? Yeah, that, that's a, and that is a, we might, maybe we'll have you back to do a whole nother uh, episode just on that topic, because I know a lot of guys have this question where they go, how the fuck am I supposed to know what to do? That's a really common question. She says this, but then she does that. And then, you know, and it's changing all the time. And, and I know a lot of guys get really frustrated with that. So I don't want to digress too much into that one, but yeah. But but so one of the things well, I'll 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 say just to to the guys out there is like first, you know, bolder is always better, because chances are you are you are being so timid that no, nothing's going to happen, you know, and you are the one that is going to create the experience. Like as a guy, it's your job, you know, you are going to be the one that is creating the the container creating the entire experience you know and the woman's going to flow into it like water but it but you're you're going to be the 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 bucket you know as an analogy so you have to you, you got to lead and if you're not um you know the polarity is just not going to be there and polarity is is so key you know i mean it's like the, the more you can be in your masculine, the more she can be in her feminine, or I've seen vice versa. That works too, right? But you need that polarity because if you're, if you're just, you know, buddies, then you're sitting on a couch watching Netflix and that's it. Nothing's yeah. happening. Right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we've, we've done multiple episodes on polarity. We've given public talks on it. We think it is one of the most important things that you should know, understand, and know how to work with in a relationship. And what amazes us all the time is how few people are out there really talking about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, polarity is key. Mm -hmm. Key. And, you know, the other thing that, that guys need to understand is, you know, and I, I, I talk about it in my book, you know, they have this idea in their mind that, you know, sex with this girl, that girl, blah, 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 like it's going to be suddenly this panacea, like it's this whole magical thing. And then when I tell them, I say, no, it's, they're all the fucking same. Like you're the one that's making it a porn star level sex. Like I have seen, I kid you not, I have seen some women that are literal man eaters that paired with the wrong guy. It's like watching a little pussy cat and you're just like, God, is that the same woman? You know? <laughs> 
because you know it's 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 like she's a Ferrari, but she's being driven by a janitor. You know, not Michael Schumacher, and you really get to see that um, you know crystal clear. You know, especially in my business, like I've, I've really seen it where I'm just like, oh my god, that that it's really um, the 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 man's. You know, it's it's his job to to create the sexual experience, to lead it forward, and to make the act happen. Um, yeah, we, we have a friend, uh, this woman, she's a multi-six-figure earner, uh, entrepreneur, like really doing amazing stuff in the world, and she's dating, and she's always finding these guys that aren't quite living up to her standards. So what we keep telling her is you've got to find a guy that's so much more alpha than you are. 100%. And she's, she kind of understands it, but she hasn't quite gotten there yet. But it's, you know, when it's third party, it's so much easier to see, right? Like we look at her dynamic and we're like, oh, we know exactly what you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it can only go two ways. She has to either find some guy that's literally going to, yeah, like put her in her place completely or she has to go the other route and decide, okay, I'm going to wear the pants and yeah. then find the, find the most feminine guy and that will work as well. Because I've seen that. We actually had a name for that in porno. Oh, yeah? It's like, oh, yeah, not to digress, but it was kind of funny, um, you know, because there's this stereotypical, you'd say, like suitcase pimp, right? Where it's like the guy's controlling the girl. But there's another type and it's... The baggage handler. <laughs> the baggage. I just learned something new. I've never heard that. Oh before. my god! No. Oh, I've seen it a couple of times, and it you're just it's shock and awe because I mean you get this meek little guy, and I mean literally, he is being yelled at by her. He is bringing her bags to set. She is literally like, "Hey, sit down there, shut up, wipe the come off my face." But like, I mean, and he's just like, "Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah." Like just, I mean, and it works. You know, like you you look at it from the outside and you say, well, that's strange. But I mean, she is so masculine and the only reason it works is because he is so feminine and they, yep. and they have a relationship and it works. Amazing. So we usually have a question we ask all of our guests and they all blush, but we know with you, we're not going to oh. get you to blush. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but This is going to be an easy one for you. It's going to be the easy one. So we want to know, Eric, what's your best sexual talent? Oh, puss eating. <laughs> easy by far so so it's interesting because celine was reading your chapter on that in your book uh-huh and so then over breakfast we were i think it was breakfast right yeah yesterday we were talking yeah. about it so yes. we were talking about what was written in the in the book and she's like did you know and i'm over there going uh-huh what do you think i do to you every time she's like really really i had no idea you were doing so much when you were down there <laughs> <laughs> and and I say full disclosure. I was like, I've only like going, gone down on a woman maybe like five times, so I'm not at all an expert, you know. And that's why I was like, I need to really understand. And I was like trying to ask Kevin, and I was reading your book. I was like, oh, this technique, I remember. Like you were doing something like this, you know. So. Yes, if you want to know how to eat pussy like a pro, Eric has it down in his book. He also offers coaching and so much more. So why don't you tell our audience where they can find more of you? Well, if they go to my website, uh, www.ericeverhard.com, that's Eric with a K, uh, they can find uh, my book uh, and they can reach out to me about my uh, professional one-on-one coaching services as well. 
Awesome. And you are on Instagram and uh, your book title is it Activate Your Superpower? Sexual yeah, the book is um, Unleash Your Sexual What's Superpowers. Uh, it's available now in stores everywhere. So you guys can go pick it up on Amazon or Barnes and Noble chapters. Yeah, it's it's out there. It's, it's out actually it's actually really good. good I, I have not fully read it, full disclosure. I'm still in it, but I'm going to finish it because I like it. And you know, having been uh, working as a sex coach for like nine years now, I've learned a lot of things in this arena. And it's very often I hear people giving very bad advice. And what I loved about Eric's book is that he is real, gives you good advice that actually will work in real life. It's not about a technique. It has more to do with just how you show up, your mental game. And yes, techniques can help, but it's not the only thing. So you'll get a lot of very valuable information in that book. So go get it and read it and then put it into action. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you definitely have to, you know, it's one thing to, you know, absorb just knowledge, but at some point you need to put it into action. Action and get out there and experiment. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, we still, I mean, we even skipped a whole bunch of questions here, but we are definitely out of time for this episode. So it was a fascinating conversation. Thanks, Eric, for coming on. And uh, yeah, we will see everybody next week. You betcha. Thank you very much. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs>